This is Cassie, and welcome to the Wow Life Podcast. It's about time. (laughs) It's about time that I started a podcast for crying out loud. Uh, So this is it, episode number one, coming at you. Uh, Like I said, my name is Cassie. I am the former CEO of a boutique fitness company. I am a lifelong entrepreneur. I'm also a Nutritious Life Certified Holistic Health Practitioner. Say that 10 times fast. And what I really am is someone who wants all women to feel the most absolutely best that they can. And so I'm starting this podcast, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about feeling great, feeling motivated, finding the upside, getting through tough times, and just living a life that is, for lack of a better word, wow. I mean, not every day is wow, but I just want every day to be really, really good, and I want you to feel your best when you tackle it. So it is the Wow Life Podcast. People ask me often enough, what does wow stand for? And wow stands for the wheel of wellness. So I'm going to talk about the wheel of wellness, but it's so much better to talk about the wheel of unwellness because I think a lot of us can, I mean, I think we've all been on the wheel of unwellness at one point or another during our lives. I'm 51. I've definitely been on the wheel of unwellness at different points in my life. And uh, I don't know, I think it's a really great metaphor for understanding the difference between living like a lot of women do, especially in the United States, and living in the top 8%. I know there's some people that say, why eight? Why not three? Three is what everybody always says, be in the top 3%. Uh, I'll, I'll lower it a little bit. I'll say, be in the top 8%. So let's talk about the wheel of unwellness. What is it? Okay, buckle up, literally buckle up, because here it is. I'm going to start in kind of a way back story from when I was a little kid. And I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California, which is in Southern California, not too far from LA or Calabasas, if you follow the Kardashians. Uh, and in Thousand Oaks, uh, there, it was kind of known as the Conejo Valley. And every year we had the Caneo Valley Days Carnival. So if you're from pretty much any town across the United States, you probably have a carnival that rolls in and out of your city or town as well. But the Caneo Valley Days Carnival happened every April and we would see the trucks come in on the freeway and it was across the street from the library and you would just see these trucks come in and people getting off the trucks and setting up the carnival rides. And I, I, it just, it immediately freaked me out because I thought, how are these rides being set up and we're supposed to get on them and things are flying around in the air and we're not going to fall off? I just don't get it. So imagine yourself at one of these carnivals and I want you to visualize a Ferris wheel and I want you to walk up to the Ferris wheel and I want you to get into line. And as you're in line, you notice the person who is taking the tickets and he's, he's running the show. And it's a, it's a man. <laughs> and we call him a carny, right? Because that's what people who live the carnival life call themselves. So he's a carny. He's probably 40, but he's looking about 60 with a cigarette hanging out of the side of his mouth because you could do that back in the 70s when I was growing up. Um, 
but he had his, uh, he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he's waiting for the Ferris wheel to come to a stop. And, and you're standing there and you're looking at the Ferris wheel and it's, it's kind of going fast. And then, then it's kind of going slow and it's stopping and starting as the people, uh, as the cars start to unload and it, and it jerks back forward and the, the Ferris wheel starts to swing and it just, nothing looks stable. Every, it's like stopping and starting, stopping and starting. It's not smooth. Everybody looks a little upset <laughs> while they're on it. And you're looking at this and you're like, now I've got to get on. And so you get on and it starts to stop, start as they load everybody into the cars and your car that you're in is not very stable and it's shaking side to side. It doesn't feel good. And the ride starts to go and it's picking up steam and it's going faster and faster and it's shaking back and you just want nothing to do with this ride. Although there's probably some of you out there, you daredevils I did not relate with, that you're probably okay with it. But I'm not okay with it at all. And actually, I just want to get off. But it's spinning so fast. And the car, I look down at the carney and he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he's just laughing at me. And I'm like waving at him like, you know, can we stop? Can we stop? And then it finally like jerks to a stop. And then I have to like wait until it's my turn to get off. And, and by that point, I'm done. So that's the scary Ferris wheel. And I kind of want you to think about that when we talk about the wheel of unwellness. So imagine the Ferris wheel again. Each of the cars is on there. And each of the cars represents a different part of our lives, right? So one of the cars is our health. One of the cars is our relationships. That might be relationships with family, with friends, with your spouse, Another one of those cars is your job or your career. Another one of those cars is your finances. Another one of those cars is your spirituality. Another one of those cars is sleep. That's right. Sleep is just as important as money. Can you believe that? I gave it its own car. And another one of those cars can be... uh movement, your daily movement of the day, right? So some of the cars are definitely more valuable. Those family, those relationship cars are definitely more valuable than going to the gym. But each of those cars represent a portion of every woman and and male, their lives um, that are kind of like the human foundations, right? That we all have and they all play a part in our lives. And so now there they are. They're on this Ferris wheel and they're going around. And when one of those cars is kind of off kilter, just makes the whole ride kind of junky, right? And if more than one of those cars is off kilter, then like forget it. The ride is just like not going to go well at all. And if a lot of those cars on that Ferris wheel are broken, that ride is going to be shut down. No one's going to be able to get onto it. Okay, so that is what the wheel of unwellness looks like. And you've got all of these different aspects of your health and happiness on this car and are on this ride. And when one of those cars is off, you start to feel off. 
And we've all been in situations. As a matter of fact, like throughout the week, one of those cars on that wheel of unwellness um, can be off kilter at any time during a week, you know, especially now. So if you're listening to this now, it is July of 2020. We're knee deep in the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, I'll talk about that in a, in a later episode. Um, but it's a pretty sketchy time for sure for most of us. And any of those cars on the wheel of unwellness can be, um, can be off kilter. Well, you're on the wheel of unwellness if they are. So now keep that thought in your head. I'm, I'm asking you to do a lot of visualization. So hopefully you're not driving or running. If you are, keep your eyes open, but just see it in the back of your mind. So let's talk about our day-to-day, what that living on the wheel of unwellness looks like. So let's just, we're going to fast forward until about 6 p.m. at night, okay? So you've just gotten home from work. The kids or your husband or your dogs, whatever, they're cranky, they're hungry, their homework is piled up. They've got projects they're working on or it's summertime and they've been cooped up in the house all day because of the pandemic, you know, whatever it is, usually around that time, people need you. You're a woman. They need you. Someone needs you. They need you for food. They need you for help with homework. They need you for something. And so you've been at work all day. You haven't planned very well. And you're like, what am I going to make these kids? So what do you do? You call out for pizza. And you're like, I'll just get myself a salad. I'll get the kids pizza and I'll be okay. So you sit down, you give the kids the pizza, you look at your salad, you're frazzled. The last thing you want is a salad. What you really want is pizza, but you don't. You're trying to be good. So you don't eat it. You let the kids mow through their pizza. They leave all the crust on the plate, you know, whatever it is they do. You poke and pick at your salad and you're just over it. You get up to wash the dishes And there's one piece of pizza left in the box. And what do you do? You clean everything. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to eat it. You clean everything up. You put everything away. Oh, okay. Just one bite. And you stand over the kitchen sink and you eat the pizza. And then just so you know, we're going to cuss in this podcast. So then you just go, fuck it. Now I've already eaten half of it. I'm just going to eat the rest of it. And you shovel the rest of the pizza into your mouth while standing over the kitchen sink. And now you've just, all of a sudden, you've triggered that switch in your head. You've got a case of the fuckets and you're down on yourself because you ate well all day, you know, whatever it is. And that just kind of plummets your whatever you want to call it, your self-control, your discipline, your faith in yourself, your diet for the day, just everything plummets. Kids are screaming. You go and you get them all settled, get them into bed. And then suddenly you deserve a glass of wine. So you pull out the bottle of wine, you pour yourself a glass. If you're married, you have a partner, your friend, your roommate, whatever, you give them a glass and you put your feet up and you're drinking your glass of wine. And, you know, you say, oh, screw it. I already had the pizza. I'm just going to have another glass of wine. No big deal. And you pour yourself another glass of wine. And then there's just a little bit left in the bottle And you say to yourself, well, I'm not going to save this. I might as well just drink it. And so before you know it, you had almost three glasses of wine and now you're tired. And you're so tired, you fall asleep on the couch or wherever it is that you're watching The Bachelor (laughs) or The Bachelorette. 
and you fall asleep only to wake up a couple hours later because you're hot and you have to pee. So you get up, you realize you've fallen asleep on the couch, go to the bathroom, strip off all your clothes because you're hot, and you go and try to get back into bed. And then your head turns on because basically what you did was you had a disco nap. So for you kids, (laughs) if you wanted to go out at night, you would take a little disco nap so you could go to the club and go dancing later. So it's about a two-hour, hour and a half, two-hour long little nap, and now you've woken yourself up at midnight, and now you're wide awake. And the longer you're awake, the more you're sweating, you're hot, you're thirsty, you know, maybe you're hungry, I don't know, but you don't feel good, and it's the wine. It's the wine that's doing that to you. We'll talk about that another episode as well. But you get up, you go back and forth to the bathroom, you get something to drink, and you're just up and your head is going off and you're thinking about 90 things and you've got your alarm set for your early morning workout. So you've got your alarm set for 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning and now it's 3 and you're still not back to sleep and you're tossing and turning and you're getting the sweats and the sugars, one of my friends calls it the sugars, from the wine and you finally fall back to sleep around 4.30 or 5, only to have the alarm clock go off at 6 for your workout. And so what do you do? You slap the clock and you don't get up. You wait for the, the snooze alarm to go off. And the snooze alarm goes off and you slap it again. You get another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes. And before you know it, one of the kids comes in or your dog or your phone goes off and you've got to get up. And you get up and you've got a headache and you don't feel good because you didn't sleep well because you drank the wine and da 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 And so you don't eat anything. You just grab some coffee because you think that's what you need. You get all the kids packed and ready to go or whatever it is that you've got to do in the morning. Skip the workout. Didn't have breakfast. Had the coffee. Go. And you head out to work, you get everybody where they need to go, or you get to your job and you realize, oh, you know, I'm kind of hungry, but I don't, still don't feel great from last night. So what do you do? You grab a muffin or you grab something that you would not normally grab and you eat that with some more coffee. And then you're kind of jacked up on sugar and carbs and you get through the next couple of hours and you're actually not even hungry for, for lunch and you give yourself a pat on the back. Oh, well, I look at me. I'm going to skip lunch. I'm, that kind of helps me make up for it. And then two or three rolls around and now you're hungry. But you didn't bring anything because you were late getting up and you just skipped lunch. So you didn't get whatever it was that you were going to have. And you're left with the vending machine or a walk to 7-Eleven, speaking from experience. <laughs> and you go grab some candy and whatever it is, maybe another cup of coffee or some Frappa Kappa Mocha Latte Chino thing from Starbucks, wired with sugar, and you power through. And or you go pick up the kids, and the kids are, I want a Slurpee. And so you go through and you just get a little Slurpee too. You know how it is. And then you get back to home and you realize you didn't have anything for dinner, and you start the whole cycle all over again. And that's the wheel of unwellness. It's a long, drawn-out thing, but I, I, a lot of that is coming from my own experience. A lot of it is coming from the experiences of the women that I've worked with in the past. Um, but I think on some level, each of you listening can relate to that. And it's this vicious cycle or this unstable Ferris wheel spinning around and around and around. And you know you need to do something. 
to get off of it. You know you need something to stop, but it's going so fast. You don't know at what point to hang your head out of the car and say, stop, stop this. I just stop it. I need to, I need to get off. Stop it now. It's hard. It's hard to catch the eye of the carny. It's hard to get his attention. It's hard to figure out where's the best place to stick your hand out so he can see you. And it's the same with your health. It's hard to know where do I stop? Do I stop with the wine at night? Do I stop hitting the snooze button? Do I stop? Do I start bringing my lunch to work with me? It's hard, especially when you're just going around and around and around. It's hard to figure out the place that you're going to make the change. And when you do decide to make the change, it's going to feel shitty. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be easy because your wheel of unwellness has been turning pretty fast and out of control for however length of time. So if any of that resonates with you, I think the first part of understanding why you want to get off the wheel of unwellness is understanding that you're actually on it. And if this metaphor speaks to you or you can think of something else that speaks to you, I want you just to say to yourself or say it out loud, like, she gets this. I am on the wheel of unwellness and I know I need to get off and I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And I'd love to help you do that. So uh, that is the wheel of unwellness. And that's also the first episode. I think they're only going to get better from here. Uh, uh, my next episode, I'm going to talk about what the wheel of wellness looks like and help you understand why it's important to pay attention to all of those cars on your Ferris wheel, your wheel of wellness. My name is Cassie. I am the creator of the wow life and I live a wow life 80% of the time, 82% of the time, 88% of the time. No one's life is ever perfect. It's never 100%. But I work really, really hard to get as close to almost perfect as possible because I want to feel good and I want to be a productive member of society. Uh, I want you to follow me on Instagram at Smarty Cassie, S-M-A-R-T-Y-C-A-S-S-I-E. And if you have any questions, make sure you slide into my DMs and ask me what they are and I will hopefully be able to answer them for you. All right, until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye.